0: You are listening to eleven o'clock comics episode forty seven.
1: I thought I thought Sal was coming to do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, nice. tonight, I, thought a, I thought you were going to watch. I thought you
3: were saying that you just that was Watchmen, but no, no, no.
0: You know, no. Not, wait, wait, save not, it for not, the wait, show. Watchmen, no, I, I haven't graphic seen,
2: seen it. Watchmen, no? I haven't seen it. Not not the graphic novel or the the, <laughs> the limited series, motherfucker. <laughs> Max here.
0: Woods all tore up.
1: <laughs> coming from for the, you, from Brad. Twenty twenty-two pages. No, it wasn't.
0: Now you know what it feels like to have sex with me, what
1: Oh Jesus Christ!
3: Oh your poor wife oh, i leave my. I
0: leave less residue though
3: it, it uh. smells
2: it smells and you can't wait to get out of the room <laughs> you have a, you have a brown eye after
0: it's all dimpled like the corn-eyed mm-hmm. baby
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right oh, Nelly. Oh, hello, Nelly. ladies and gentlemen welcome hello to an, hello there. welcome to another episode <laughs> episode of uh, yeah, I was going to say around comics, comics like a douchebag. 11 o'clock comics. I am Vince B. And I'm in a real good mood. Yes, you yeah. are. Yes. The, the impossible happened this weekend. But you we'll get lazy. into that later. <laughs> By someone other than my wife? No. <laughs>
1: nice. I wish. Oh, uh, I'm,
0: I'm Vince B. <laughs>
2: I'm Chris Nesma.
1: And I'm happy. Yay. I'm David Price. And uh, I'm not happy. Well, we're, we're going to change that. We hope to, hey,
0: yes, yes.
3: And, and I wish I was a man of action.
0: No, you're not. Yes, you're you know, not a man of action. No. <laughs> you're, you're, Jason Mad Money Wood.
4: Oh no! Do a right sound now. effect. Do a sound effect.
0: <laughs> yeah, how about that? When when I said, "Hey, I heard this Jim Cramer talking about this stuff," and he basically said exactly what you did. And it, just, we'll don't just ever he, he deadpanned it. it. Don't so, ever it, fucking it, compare dude. me to him.
3: <laughs> dude thing is, is if you turned him on the next day, I'm sure he would have said exactly the opposite of what I'd said the day before.
0: So basically, yeah. what John Stewart is saying about him is pretty much true. Oh, a thousand percent. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I because if I, <laughs> I was gonna you. if I was gonna jump in front of a bullet and it was between John Stewart and this oh. Jim Kramer guy, uh, <laughs> Stewart be walking around after the fact. So.
1: Stewart, Stewart is our
2: most important Jew.
0: I love him to death.
2: He is. he may be he my is. favorite reporter.
3: <laughs>
0: well, close. all the news is imaginary anyway. So,
3: yes no, I guess, yeah, I guess uh, apparently, listening to AC this past week, it sounds like uh, Tom is about to be uh, Jewish at least by injection. So he's, he's joining <laughs> the tribe of sorts. David,
2: actually, I think I think, I think I think Sam's going to be Catholic by injection. There, there we go. we yeah. see. That, uh,
1: Jewish by injection. Wait, 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 wait. Nice. Tom is Catholic.
2: Uh, oh, Tom, he's a uh, uh, recovering Catholic in the oh, same okay. way you and I are, Vince. All right, I got you. Fine. Yeah, we're cut. Yeah, as as Tom said, you can tell that he's not the most religious person in the world. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he's uh his his lovely lovely fiance is Jewish, and so they're going to have a mostly Jewish wedding, I believe. So yeah, he's uh just got back from meeting with the rabbi. He's, he's gonna, gonna bring Tom a build ball. a yes.
0: He's he's gonna smash a a comic tumbler. Wrap it up. Nice. On,
2: <laughs> oh. Oh, that's
0: great. All right. Before we get into uh, the drink roll call and all assorted, as Wood would say, various and sundry topics, we got to wish our boy a happy birthday for tomorrow. It's Chris's birthday tomorrow. It
1: doesn't look a day over 42. (laughs) Uh,
3: Thank you. You country bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank you
0: all. Because we love Chris. (laughs) Big hug. Dude, I
2: think people were jumping the gun on Twitter today, though, huh?
1: Love, baby, love. Yeah,
2: it's um, a damn Facebook. I guess it, it sends out like a twenty-four hour advance notice to make sure yeah. that everyone knows that you're getting another year, another year older, another uh, year closer to the grave. I guess so. Nice. They had a bunch of a bunch of happy birthday salutations, which is nice. Thank you, thank you, everyone. And and a lot of them, a lot of the Facebook stuff was uh, a lot of people that listened to to eleven o'clock. So so cool. thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. So yeah. thirty six. Wow. I You're know. young. I don't know. I mean, You're almost only yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, thank you. I appreciate it. All That's right. awesome.
0: Not a problem.
2: And thinner than ever.
0: Yes. I'm working
2: on so th- I'm trying. It's I had a little setback last week. Uh Marta was out of town and mm-hmm. uh and I was I, I was living like a bachelor, man. I was eating pizza and drinking beer and it was uh it was it was awesome but I paid for it this week.
3: Yeah, my my goal is to be back to my fighting weight for uh, for for Windy City. There you go. So we'll go, we'll, yeah, we'll he's go. gotta look good in belly shirts. Yeah, That's we'll right. wrestle on the street. So seeing as how I have to wear one of your uh, volunteer shirts to get in for free, I gotta I gotta look good in that <laughs> shirt. I don't have any man, gonna, man or anything.
2: Actually, I think I I've, I'll just have you work the uh, the Jeff Lemire table. You can, nice. uh, you can, yeah, you can you can work we'll, we'll the Velvet speak, robes
3: we have to talk about that too by the way a little bit
2: yeah it's a last call for the uh for the Lemire sketch on the nobody preorders right yep yes yes, yes. the 13th i think you said right mm-hmm. yep. yes oh.
0: which would be uh, a day right. after this episode comes out
2: Yep. It's LCS. tomorrow, Saturday. So get to your LCS and get that ordered. Okay. Um uh drink roll call, drink roll call so we can get to talking about all these awesome comics that came out today. Yes. Uh, um Wood, what uh fine liqueur are you uh uh drinking? Let's see. I
3: am almost pulling events. I'm not drinking Yingling, but I'm not drinking something much more exciting than that. Uh we have our house is pretty bone empty right now. We have a party this weekend and uh I have to run to the liquor store on Friday to restock the house, but right now I'm drinking basically all that's left, which is an ice-cold bottle of Miller Genuine Draft. Not very exciting, unfortunately. Uh, Beachwood aged, uh, right? What's
0: that? <laughs> no, that's Budweiser. That's Beachwood.
3: No, this is uh, cold filtered. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, uh,
2: that, that's some hard hat beer there. You know, I can actually yeah. recite the uh, the label of uh, uh, from Budweiser. I have it committed to memory.
3: I'm not surprised. I'm not
2: surprised. So I'll do that one day. But this was today. the first
3: beer I ever had, though,
2: back well, in the M- day. M- MGD. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, yeah. I don't mind. It, it's good ballpark beer. <laughs> it
3: is. It's. I'm. I'm sort of at the ballpark tonight.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> the um, ballpark. Oh, you guys are like what's the ballpark. Which speaking of, um, Wood, you're going to be very jealous because Tom and Sal and I, uh, made plans for our our second annual road trip episode on AC, and well, we Sal's are uh, actually we're, join you this time. He's going to join us this time, and we are road tripping from Chicago to Milwaukee to see the White Sox at Miller Park. Lookers. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I am jealous of that. It is going to be awesome. So, uh, Mister uh, Mister Price, what are you what are you sipping on?
1: I was all set to have a Yingling, but I uh, I made the wrong turn and ended up with a screwdriver. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. three weeks in a row. <laughs> no, no, is it? No, I didn't have no, a. You, no, last you had
2: week. some. You had some wine two weeks That's, ago. Yes, yeah, so there you go. Some, all right, something different next week. So screw yes, sir. What kind of? What all kind right, vodka. <laughs> what kind of?
1: Kind uh, of box? Smirnoff.
2: All right, very good. Chambers James Bond. Bond. Mr. B.
0: I am drinking Goldschlager.
2: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> really?
0: No, I'm drinking. <laughs> I <right now. laughs>
3: Jesus.
0: <laughs> I just trying try to mix it up. Started. Throw a little. A little change up on your asses but no I'm right. drinking yeah.
3: that's the kind of fruity drink I would expect you to dip down though
0: Is that the one with the little flakes in it the gold flakes in in the yeah. bottle that comes with the the bed sheet that's all tied like around it the Like you don't know No I don't because I I what is it 30 bucks for that little thing 40 bucks <laughs> It's bastard. expensive isn't it I can get yeah. two cases of Yingli for that it. <laughs> oh,
2: <dear Lord. laughs> Uh, I'm drink- I'm dr- I was in a rush tonight, uh, so I'm drinking uh, an old standby. I've got some uh, a big old pint glass of uh, Jim Beam and Squirt. There you go. Nice. I'm gonna have to come up with a name for this drink. Maybe we'll call it an eleven o'clock. That'd be cool. <laughs> there you go. In honor of right.
0: Mr. Mike Sims. It is, mm-hmm.
2: it is it is it is so dubbed an eleven o'clock. It's uh Jim Beam and Squirt. All right. I, there you I, go. I, I dub thee. I dub
5: thee. <laughs> Hey, 11 o'clock comic listeners, this is Chris Chavez, a.k.a. Equinox, on the forums. And I was calling because I'm over here in anti-comics hell, which is basically uh, dance practice for my kids on a Thursday night. And I just had a flash on Daryl's message where he was complaining about books, specifically uh, New Avengers number 50. I uh, was complaining that the story on the cover, or the cover, didn't match up with the story in the book. Well, guess what? Fuck it. You know what? It was a good story. It was a good issue. Lots of ass-kicking. And who the heck cares if it was the Thunderbolt Dark Reign Avengers, or the Hoods Gang, or what have you. did not matter. It was still fun. So, enjoy the book, because the covers, the covers don't mean nothing these days. Except just pretty pictures to look at and sell a book. So, anyway, enjoy. Peace out. Bye.
0: Let's talk about, not in specifics, because the other two guys didn't see it, but I just want to know what you thought about Watchmen.
2: Wow. Um, first of all, I saw a midnight showing on Thursday, which totally fucked me up for the entire weekend. I didn't know what goddamn time it was, and then Saturday rolls around and they changed times on me, and then I was doubly <laughs> fucked up. So um <laughs> watches the watch. Uh yeah. Um first impression as the uh um the the credits uh the credits wrapped and, and the lights came on. Uh, I went there with Sal and about thirty other comic fans, and I looked at Sal and I think the first words out of my mouth were well I guess that's about the best you could have done it and um, it was so hard to separate the book from the movie as you're watching it especially the first time
1: mm-hmm. And
2: so I'm going to hold my final judgment and my final final judgment um, but by my real opinion I think I need to see it at least one more time because I think I'll be able to watch it on the merits as a film now instead of an adaptation but um, I remembered I mean distinctly as I'm watching it I wanted it to be awesome and I wasn't I wasn't really wowed during the movie and and I think that was telling that you know I, I felt I felt while I was watching it that it that it wasn't working but since then I mean it's something that i find myself thinking about it during the day and it has left an impression and so i think i need to go back and watch it again on its merits as a film before i really know but um uh, there were certainly amazing parts of it there were things that were translated to to the screen that were i mean amazing things to see because you it, you know envision these and seeing these in the book for so long, and to see it come alive uh, at the movie was amazing, but yeah that, I mean there there were shortcomings with it. What I did walk away was coming to a realization that that comics are their own medium, and no matter how much you try, you can 't have a, they are not storyboards for a movie, and comics are their own art form, and the strength of Watchmen. Is in its structure, as as opposed to maybe the the overall story. It's it's so layered, so much subtext. It's such a great, amazing work that you're never going to get that into a movie. And um, you know, as I think it's a testament to the actual printed work. But uh, you know, I don't know. That's that's a long winding, uh, nowhere answer to your question. Uh, overall, <laughs> I, I guess I I I kind of liked it but I need to watch it again, and it's not the book. That's my answer.
0: Wow. See, I agree with you in the respect that it was a pretty much impossible task going into it, not for me as the viewer, but for Snyder making a movie. He was damned. Any, It could be as faithful to the book as the book itself, and they still would nitpick this thing apart and find shortcomings and compare it to the original source material. I went into this movie pretending that the book did not exist.
2: Yeah, I, I tried, and I couldn't do it. I, 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 try, I tried to do that, and I failed miserably, and that's why I have to watch it again. I think I can do it the second time
0: around. Right. Well, I, I pretty much forgot all about the book. As soon as I sat in the chair, I was like, I, I will not um, imprint any of my memories of that book on this film. I'm going to judge it from the f- first frame to the last. And to tell you the truth, I forgot during the course of the movie that I was trying to formulate an opinion and the movie just took me away. I thought it was wonderful. I, In, in fact, I can't really find too much to complain about because uh, there really, in my opinion, there wasn't anything to complain about. Everything was pretty much spot on. I was amazed how good the movie was.
2: I had a couple issues with it, but, but Wood and David, are you guys going to go see it soon?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope so. No, I, that's my intent, but uh, hey, to be honest it, with you, I've I've listened to a lot of reviews, so I don't think you could spoil anything for
2: me. <laughs> right. How about you, Mister Price? Or are you? I,
1: no, no. definitely. Uh, uh, I was telling Vincent <laughs> Pat this yesterday. It's um, there probably are some things that Renee might enjoy in the movie, but uh, when it comes to violence, too, or with animals, that's kind of a turn-off. So I don't see her seeing it in the theater. I don't know if she'll sit with me and watch some of it when it comes out on DVD, but I don't think I'll see it in the theater.
3: What about the uh, big blue dong? I mean, oh,
1: thick.
2: You know, big thick. She gets that blue when day. she
1: gets home. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, why you if, have if, somebody if, else coming over the house? Exercise,
2: though, right. To, seriously, to anyone, <laughs> to anyone out there that is making a big deal out of out of no. the big blue penis, grow the fuck up. <laughs>
0: It's a. Come yeah, on. Ha,
2: it's... Have you people never seen a fucking dick before? I'm sorry. <laughs> Boy,
0: there's there's an oxymoron. <laughs> but you know, it, let's. It,
2: no, sir, it, it is hilarious to me. Are people making a big deal out of it? Yeah, some people on you know, the blogosphere. It's not how it they're, looks they're, in the glory hole. You know, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, man. There there are some wow. people that are making a big deal, out of it, but I, I was I was never distracted. By it being like, oh my god, yep there there's there's a big huge blue penis on screen. It was with the it was the nutsack
3: that distracted you. No, no, seriously.
2: And, and whenever you go see it, you'll 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 kind of understand. But he was that character was so CGI'd that mm-hmm. you know with the, the the blue glow around him, and it, it I mean it was it was different. It's it's really not a big deal, and. Mm-hmm. And I respect Snyder for sticking to his guns and saying, no, you know what? This is, this is very important that this character be presented this way. It's, I mean, and it is, it's very important that Dr. Manhattan is, is naked in the, you know, almost what, three quarters of, of the book when he's there. I mean, that shows a very important evolution of that character and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know tip tip of the cap to to snyder for a keeping it in in nineteen eighty five and mm. sticking to his guns with with dr manhattan i mean there's there's a lot that he could have caved into that people you know uh, don't understand how important some of those parts are so yeah i mean he's he's a fan of he's a fan of the source material and i think he tried to stay as close to it as as possible yeah so
0: but what is it, I mean, the same thing happened when I was in the theater. As soon as the the big dingy dong comes on the screen, you get the <laughs> giggles from behind <laughs> you. And it's like, what does that say about uh, American society when a dick will make somebody laugh? Uh,
3: uh, people aren't getting laid enough? I don't know. No, I don't
0: know, but I thought it was essential for the character because he left that human modesty behind him.
2: He doesn't right. need to wear clothes
0: right it's it's an af- not even an afterthought because he doesn't think about it f- his body is himself and that's the way we should be
2: he's disconnected from humanity so he has no humility about his physical form so right, right. i mean i there, there's a, a ton of different reasons why why doc manhattan is a you know big naked blue guy but yeah it's i don't know ch- children are going to be children and i mean and we're childish a lot on the oh, show hell the yeah so I, I'm I'm throwing stones in a very very fucking glass house, but all right. So let's spread it
0: around a little bit while we're talking about naked forms. Um, <laughs> they, I've heard uh, complaints that the sex scene in the Owl Ship was a little bit excessive, or a little too explicit. I didn't think it was explicit enough. I that thought it was, was awesome. Dude, oh, was, Malin Ackerman's body, that ass is perfect. She, she, it's it's like she's
2: fucking smoking.
0: Oh, good! it's like whenever she wipes after doing her deal, the toilet paper... <laughs> no, listen, the toilet paper just sighs. Because uh, it's near the most perfect ass ever. It's unbelievable. And
3: there goes our pledge to maturity for
0: the night. <laughs> <laughs> Little tiny butterfly packages of of sweet-smelling stuff comes out. Uh, you know, I've, no, I've, she is I've, sweet. I've
2: heard, I've heard some criticisms of her as... Uh, As Silk Spectre or you know Laurie, whatever. Um, I thought she, I thought she did a nice job. Yeah, fight
0: scenes were believable.
2: Well, the fight scenes were believable, but you know, uh, people have, and maybe it is her as an actress, but you know, talk about her as being you know awkward and Mm. and I mean that's a, it's an awkward character. She's
0: why can't people disconnect themselves from a piece of art? Why do you always have to imprint their expectations on it, like oh her acting was terrible you can't separate yourself from what you're seeing and stop I mean, judging and just watch and then
2: you know yeah uh, well the the thing is they never they never got in in the movie about about her childhood mm-hmm. with with her mother really um kind of uh it, you know it's almost like these um uh what are the little um uh, uh John Bonet Ramsey kind of things, the little uh, um, child uh, pageants and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of her childhood. But instead of pageants, her mother was trying to make her kind of a celebrity um, masked avenger. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of I don't fucks with you. That's
0: pretty big pedigree. Yeah.
2: So yeah. safe
3: to say, um, a lot of people seem to be making the the uh, point that uh, Jackie Earl ha- Haley stole the show. Would you? Yeah.
2: Did you Yeah, cover that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I would. Yeah, no. Just, pull, just the, like, pull the Mickey Rourke, definitely.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, just just like Rorschach stole the show. Yeah, you know, it makes mm-hmm. sense. And right? the comic, I mean, because he is he's the the grim and gritty, you know, crazy. He's the Batman character mm-hmm. in that book, and you know, he's the. It kind of fucking scares me a little bit that he's the most identifiable character in that <laughs> book because he's fucking insane. Sure. And, uh, and Sa- Sal and I have been talking about this a lot. That it is—it's kind of frightening that people connect with him more than any other character. It seems. A little, a little yeah. scary.
3: I was going to ask you guys, when's the last time you read the the comic book
2: this year? I, I read I mean- it before before the movie and watched uh-huh. the motion. Comic, so. <laughs> How
0: about you, Vince? I, I read it about uh, about five
1: or six years ago. Mm-hmm. How about you, yeah. David? It's it's been a while. I have the absolute sitting on the show. I'm looking right at it, and and mm-hmm. it's something that I'm going to read before I see it. But I yeah. haven't read it in in a long while. Mm-hmm. But once you guys see it, I'm pretty interested to
0: hear your take on the tweak to the ending. Sure. Right?
3: Yeah. I mean, I heard about it already. But yeah. I, I
0: think it works much better than what was in the book. Okay. For Did- for the for the intended audience, which was a a, a collection of aficionados of the source material and laymen who have no idea what that was, I think mm-hmm. it was a much wiser choice to do it the way they did it. Right, I right. it.
2: I think it worked for the movie. I still think that the the original source material is, is brilliant, but for the movie, I think it was the most logical choice yeah. and I think it was a very smart decision for them to do that. So yep, mm-hmm. I I it did fine.
0: Well, because it, it it ties in well with what they already know, mm-hmm. and we won't say it because you guys are going to see it yeah. Where, whereas in in the book it's something out of the blue
1: i I will say that I did see the first five minutes or so the opening credits, and I thought that was stunning yeah, really nice they they they, they tried to get some of those scenes from from the book and and uh like with with sally's retirement and 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 certain. Minutemen going crazy and being put into a <laughs> patio. I mean, it was just it, just the way everything looked with the with the light bulbs flashing from the cameras and, and I was I was really impressed just with that opening scene. Yeah. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan, don't slight him. He did a really good job as a comedian.
1: Yeah. Oh God, he
2: was from awesome. what I've seen, yeah. he was awesome. Um, Very good. But the about the only person, and I'm not even going to say miscast. I just think of I think of uh, bite. As being so different than than what he was in the movie, yeah uh, I just think of him as being um bigger, more Aryan, you know it's um
0: not david it, Bowie. <laughs> it,
2: no no um yeah it's that the it was the Vite character that I was probably least enamored with, but uh you know even uh yeah uh the the guy who played uh Dan. Night out. I think did a very nice job. Patrick
0: Patrick Wilson.
2: Yeah, he could have been a little bit fatter.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. But they uh, but they uh, weren't gonna do that.
0: Originally, you were talking about which characters we identify with um, from the source material. Originally, I, I identified with Rorschach, but now at at the, my current age, I would have to uh, identify with Patrick Wilson more. He's the character in the film that I, I latched on to. The aging, approaching the hump of life character.
2: Dude, dude, I would say that 99% of the fans of Watchmen, if they don't say that they um, see themselves in Dan, they're fucking lying. (laughs) Uh, uh, A fucking aging mm -hmm. aging fanboy who only dreams (laughs) of being a superhero, and that's the only way that he can get his rocks off, if you're lying about that, come on. It's, well, yeah. I see myself as Doctor Manhattan, so fuck all. Oh y'all. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Mad
0: Money.
3: 99.
2: Oh, I see a Doctor Manhattan <laughs> in you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> but um, all in all, I, I thought it was really better than I could have expected. Okay. And, well, that's uh, I'll probably great. go back and see it again.
2: Oh, yeah. I praise Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it yeah. it deserves it deserves a second viewing. If nothing else, it just a uh, a chance to cl- you know cleanse the palate and go back in my case to see it without holding the the actual printed work uh, up against it. I need to go see it as a film. Yeah.
0: Just I mean the very fact that we can say we are going to the theater or we have been to the theater to see Watchmen. Just that fact Amazing. alone is crazy. Is
2: yeah. Yes, um, Sealy was actually in uh, uh, at the comic shop tonight, and uh, and he asked me. He's like, "Yeah, I haven't I haven't had a chance to ask you what you what you thought of it because uh, uh, I was actually sitting next to him at, at the theater, and I was like, you know, I'm I'm still undecided. I need to see it again." He's like, "Yeah, I saw it for a second time, and, uh, and he said, first time I liked it, second time I loved it.'" I like, All right, go. Tim,
0: go, Tim.
2: Hey, you guys. Uh,
6: I love you, but. You're kind of stupid sometimes. Um, I'm stupid too. So, you guys were talking about on your podcast how the music industry needs to change and or should have changed and kept up. And then you guys, right after that, start arguing about how people call graphic novels comic or comic books graphic novels, and you want to fight it the whole way. They're trying to change it so people are not scared of it. You know, thinking it's stupid fucking kids comics and you guys keep wanting to put the same label on it. I I can't wrap my brain around what you guys are saying. And uh, to the dude who wants to uh, take all his comics and and bind them. Try quitting buying floppies for like six months or something and only read graphic novels, you'll miss your floppies. So you're going to regret that too. Sorry I called you an asshole, but you guys kind of are sometimes, and I am too. So. All right, love you, see you, bye. Yeah, I got more. I'm thinking about uh, writing a book, and uh, and it's going to have 12 chapters, and every chapter is going to have a cliffhanger. And there's going to be no pictures, but I'm going to call it a comic book because that's the way it's written. If that's that's what you guys are saying, it doesn't make sense. It's graphic. It is a novel, even if it's collected a chapter at a time. It's still a graphic novel when you put it together. It's it's a novel.
0: All
3: right. Bye. That's Tim a, one has more thing. a nice interview on C B R this week.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, Segway man. Da, 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 da.
3: Yeah, yeah. But it was no, it was uh, it, Tim I I give him a lot of credit because we talk a lot about uh, not that we not that the four of us know, but we we like to we talk a lot about how it's tough to be an indie creator and the friends we know you slogging it out that it's you know it's tougher and tougher to make a go of it unless you catch light, lightning in a bottle and and Tim with Hack Slash has I think been doing a, as as good a job uh, fighting the good fight as, as anybody and and he he gave a pretty candid discussion on CBR this week about his quest to really investigate the the, both the premise of producing cheaper comics and whether that would really make a difference in terms of sales or expectations from fans. And it's uh, it's worth a read to anybody that, that doesn't frequent CBR. I, I I encourage you to go check out that particular article.
0: Yes, and I have a question for, for all of you. Picture this. The editor-in-chief or whatever the, the, the publisher of a, a large comic book publishing company solicits your help in doing exactly what Tim Seeley was questioning them about creating cheaper comics. You have a two-pronged attack. Your first avenue, you could vast, sweeping changes, which would probably piss off your customer base, but would <laughs> save a lot of money in the long run. Or two, keep it fairly recognizable to the industry as it is now, but save some money or makes you know a few changes that would reap some kind of... Uh, more profits for the company and keep the fans happy what would you do would you would you go in and just wipe the slate start it over and save a bunch of money or would you try and cater to the fan base and you know not do as well as you could have well,
3: let me ask we- you something mm-hmm. relative to the first option of saving a bunch of money yes. when you say save a bunch of money do you mean make it a bunch cheaper to consume or do yes. you mean for the publisher to save a bunch of money
0: no so i yeah i, I screwed that up giving the the product to the customer for as low a cost as you possibly can and still make some profit for the company
3: well this is easy as hell i think if an if an answer it's it's i mean if you're speaking purely from from a a large publishing company who actually cares about profits and losses the answer would be they would only undertake the first if as you say they knew that in doing so they would piss off a lot of their existing customer base if they were unbelievably confident that the lower price point would more than make up in terms of new customers and readership the net that they're losing of the old base. And while plenty of businesses make that choice all the time, particularly consumer electronics companies and the like, I cannot imagine comic book companies ever actually taking that initiative. So I'm I'm just saying,
0: if you were allowed to do it...
3: Mm. Well again is is the is the goal of number 1 to also in doing that hoping that you're really broadening the audience and creating a new fan base that's much larger than the old fan base?
0: Oh, I think ultimately it's a question of how do we realistically save the medium?
3: Oh, because, well, that's because
0: no, when you well, I mean underneath it all, Tim Seeley's mm-hmm. looking for ways to to make comics cheaper and therefore get more people to read them. That's what the whole thing's about, right? So in my mind, it's a question of how do we save this frickin' industry? Because prices will go up to 3.99 before too long, we're going to lose a whole bunch of readers in the process. The only ones that are really going to pay 3.99 for a comic book are the the few who have been supporting it for the past 20, you know, 30 years as it is. In other words, so, those people So the that readership have is going to Right. The readership is going to get smaller. It's going to dwindle. So, what would you do to save, in, 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 in essence, save comics? Uh, I know uh, we talked about I'm, it before. I'm,
2: I'm, tired, I'm tired of worrying about it.
0: <laughs> well, y- you know, <laughs> you, awesome. you, you have to. You have to worry about it because pretty soon it's, uh, a top selling book is going to be like forty, fifty thousand. 50,000. Pitif- pitiful numbers, and and that's why I I started I titled the thread with Tim's interview. as he's a good guy because he I I got the the feeling that the guy actually cares about the media. Mm-hmm. Not, not the sales figures or the you know how much money his hack slash can make. And I think the guy honestly cares about comics and wants mm-hmm. more people to read yeah, them.
2: Yeah, and he said that I mean he'll he'll write hack slash forever and he'll do it. You know I think he's he, he said he'll he'll write hack slash from a cardboard box if he has to, mm-hmm. and I mean it's just he he loves it and he and he loves comics. He's he's I you know like I said I bumped into him at the comic shop tonight. He was picking up his his weekly books, um, you know it's I I really want to think that we have some sort of influence in quote unquote saving the industry, but you know comics are it's, it's kind of like the save the earth bullshit. It's, you know, it's like the Earth's not going anywhere. The Earth is going to be here. You know, it's us we have to fucking worry about. Comics
3: are Well, until be... the Logans come along, but... Yeah. <laughs> Jesus.
2: Um, I mean, comics, comics as an art are going to be around, but, you know, there's... Honestly, there's not a whole fucking lot that we can do.
0: If you'd like there's not a lot you can do if you want to keep the status quo the way it is now, no there's not a lot you can do there's, because I mean, like there, we were like, like we were somewhat talking about on the forum. people expect comics to be a certain size, they expect them to be in color, and they expect them to be of a certain length see, do they, so, they expect them to be in color though yeah, yeah. they do
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 look at that fucking black and white sales or you you want to cut a comic sales in half. Printed in black and white. Yeah. Yep. yeah.
0: That's sad. That, that is. Really sad. I'll
2: to, to be honest with you. I, I think they're great.
3: the best comics of all time have been black and white. That said, plenty of comics would not be the same without the color. I mean, and I, there, there, there are works that are meant to be colorized and there are works that don't need to. I mean, it depends I'm, on the strength of the line and what they're trying to accomplish, yeah. the mood they're setting. I mean, I you know, black and white photos and color photos. I'm just saying. So I, I am not. Uh, I don't. You know, I, I don't. I, I wish people were more open to change. And but I, that being said, I I would be lying if I didn't say I prefer a good chunk of the comics that I read now to stay in
0: color. I, I would. Say. But I mean, originally, some of the appeal of the four color comics was because of the target audience being real, uh, children. The bright colors, flashy mm-hmm. design, appeals to children. Now we've shifted to where the average comic book reader is approaching thirty. Yeah, and it's not necessary to cater. Oh, they're, oh, they're going to be in
2: color. They just ain't going to be on paper.
0: Right. Well, yeah, That that's... I mean, I should have quantified the, the question with, without going to digital, what would you do? Because that's that's the absolute last resort. Mm-hmm. It's That's going to make or break the comic book industry. I would love it if they all went digital, but the Th- vast this, majority of the people would not.
2: Here's the sad, sorry truth about it, is that for a lot of comics out there, you could make them a buck and people aren't going to buy them and this is and i remember talking to tim about this and i think it was when the guy from cbr was at dark tower interviewing him about it
7: Mm -hmm. and
2: i i kind of chimed in that for a lot of people independent books quote unquote indie books in a lot of people's perception is that it's the minor leagues those are the people that aren't good enough to be at DC or Marvel that is a, a very much a a state of mind that a lot of comic book fans have. Mm-hmm. And I have w- I, been guilty of that in the past that as, if it's as not, not. Mm-hmm. if it's not a Marvel or a DC book, and for me a long, a long time, if it's not a, a Marvel book, then it's not the best of the best. And so you're buying a secondary product. So if you take a, what is perceived as a secondary comic or a secondary product, and then you cut the price on it to even half, say it's, a dollar fifty—that just reinforces the perception that it's not a quality product. And so, where are people going to buy it, even if it's cheaper, if it's perceived as not being a quality product? And
0: that's n- yeah, that's insane, isn't it? That but is, it's, but it, it really but it is.
2: Is. Is, it is absolutely the consumer mentality. Wow. Um, yeah, and, I guess
0: uh, I guess uh, I'm it, the odd, it, odd man out because. Well,
2: that's, yeah. not just, that's not just comics. That's any consumable, you know... I was going to say, imagine wow. a black-and-white TV show now
3: that didn't have a really good reason for being black-and-white. I, I guarantee you, take take a show like... But that's uh, not
0: really a good comparison. Why? Because color TVs are everywhere. It's effortless to beam a it's signal to a has, television. Has, no, as,
3: as Tim Seeley's article points out, it's effortless to make a color comic. In fact, it wouldn't save that much money to print and cut. Co- no, it
1: wouldn't no, save it, that much money, but it is the creator to see that's where it gets a little fuzzy for me. Cause now you're talking about where Vince says, you know, make it cheaper. Well, it's easier for Dave Sim or Jeff Smith to produce their comic. They're writing, they're doing the art. Whereas now you have Ed Brubaker writing it, Steve Epstein drawing it. And some sure. cases not even inking it. Frank, the Armada is coloring the pencils, which we all know I can't stand. So I mean that I would rather have a <laughs> black and white comic to that regard, right. but it's, it's just, it's, you're you're right. It wouldn't be that much cheaper to produce it, but now you have more hands in the pot. So, are you looking to save money, or are you looking to just? It, do
4: that's
1: the same where it gets easy Hazy. Old. hazy for yeah, me. yeah. That's
0: now, a see, point. I I think w- Tim Seeley said, and I, I can't quote because I'm just dredging it up from memory, that it would cost 1.5 times more to do a color book than it would be to do a black and white book.
3: Well no that that's where it's a little bit off. He he said the printing would be 1.5 times as much.
0: Okay, now. So if your printing cost I'm I'm just just throwing a number out so it's easy for us to add, meaning us meaning me. Sure. All right? Say it would cost him $100 to print his book. Obviously a lowball figure, but humor me. 1.5 means it would cost him $150 to print his book, right? Now factor in the amount of money you're paying the colorists to color that stuff. Mhm. So there you go. That's that's can't be an insignificant savings there. you got to be talking a couple grand easy, more, probably. So I, when he's saying it's – it's, I mean, he's not saying it's insignificant, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not all that much. I think yeah. it's more than they're assuming it would be.
3: Well, I guess I get back to, Vincent. We've had a conversation not dissimilar from this a while ago about pricing, and I brought up things which Tim brings up, too, in, the, in, in his article, uh, interview about books. We've seen cheaper books, Casanova, Fell – Good books, quality books. I mean, I, right. you know, I think anyone that's read them—well, not anyone, but but a good chunk of people that have read them have 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 sung their praises. And I justify. <laughs> so, well, I'm saying no, no <laughs> not one,
0: anyone. No, no, you know my. Point <laughs> I is know what you I, mean. You, yeah,
3: you always when someone's going to respond to the forms. I'm like, well, not everybody liked it, but my point is, right. is that most of the people that I know and I personally have read that I, I thought they were very high quality books, uh, and they didn't really help sales. And then. You know, Jay Ferber is very public with the fact that he lowered the price on Dynamo 5 for a few issues to see if it would spark demand. It didn't. So he went back to the old price because why lose money? You know, Steve Bryant and his, uh, I think it's Ben Licious, uh, have that, that book that's, uh, coming out, the, the black coat, Athena Voltaire. And, and, and as he very publicly announced, uh, the, the pre-orders for that, were no different than the pre-orders for the last Athena, uh, Athena Voltaire series, and that's and that's despite the fact they were charging a buck for a uh, an oversized uh, full comic. Um, so well, people uh, again, are nuts, then. I, yeah, people are nuts. I think the the it's, it's not
2: people, influx. guys, guys. If it don't get on shelves, it ain't gonna get bought. Yeah, Yeah. I mean,
3: I think you have to look at it, you have to try and extricate all the other variables from the equation to see if it really would matter. And if you're talking in that regard, I do think, for example, if you could make, oh, I don't know, uh, Scar, Son of Hulk, or... What's a middling but good DC title? Uh, um, Rebels, or you know something. <laughs> Pretty <interesting>. much all of <laughs> them.
7: You know what I mean. No, but something that's—I think
3: if you were to make those exactly the same as they are now, maybe "quote unquote" cheaper paper or something, and charge a buck, I, I definitely think that would have a dramatic impact on sales. Maybe not long term, but near term, I do think that. But again, that assumes that is dramatic, meaning
0: more. Well, yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, that but that's, said, that's that's the thing. Movies. It has to be right. instigated yeah. by the big two, and that's Correct. never going to happen.
3: Correct. Yeah. Correct.
0: So, should we not waste any more time on this? Let's, because not, let's, let's talk, talk about. Let's right.
8: talk about. Right. Hello, eleven o'clockers. I just wanted to call in and say that uh, I was, after much thought, I decided to pick up, Scott Pilgrim Volume One and read it. And while I can see Chris's point, I also truly enjoyed it, um, looking forward to getting the second volume. Um, it is definitely a younger thing, um, and I can see how Chris could just be on the cusp of not liking it as much. I remember he said that uh, Tom caters liked it, and that makes more sense. Tom and I are right about the same age. Um, I like a lot of the little in-jokes and the um, graphic design elements that are inside of it, uh, the way they go between chapters, um, the true video game feel that it has is a lot of fun. But uh, that's about it. just wanted to uh, chime in and say that, you know, I wasn't going to buy it because I usually am on board with a lot of what Chris says, but I tried it out, and I really enjoyed it. And I usually hate manga, even though it's not true manga. It's manga-inspired, I guess I would say. So, uh, yeah. That's all. Uh, Yeah. Talk to you later. This was Mario, by the way. Fuck it.
2: And I then want to go find out a black and white one,
0: good, do it, and it's unless make- Chris had wait unless Chris had something to say well, or this david
2: is, this No, is Chris i a- i i could I could go on and on about that bullshit I, I was arguing with Beatty about it, but no, I want to talk about comics well, Okay, oh, well, sorry well, sorry people numb, I, I should have brought fucked it up, up, up you know business later so all right well this
3: is uh this is an early birthday present for Chris oh. uh, I did a little traveling this week, so I had to take a few a few flights oh, uh, did you buy what I think you bought? A lot of comics, a lot of comics, and I got to, well, I have owned it for a long time, but I got to read cover to cover, uh, Queen and Country, Definitive Edition, Volume 1.
0: Oh, excellent, because uh, I read that one.
3: Yeah, yeah, so uh, at, for those listening at home, you know that Chris has got an unhealthy man crush on Greg Rucca oh. and loves everything he does. I bought this book on your recommendation a long time ago, probably right after we started the show. And it had just been sitting there sort of daunting because it's a pretty big book, and I just kept waiting for the right moment when I could just sit down and read through it. And I uh, did that. I read it very quickly. Not sure how many mm-hmm. pages it is, but it's a honking book, and, and, and boy, was it a quick read. Um, Here, I'll it's, grab it. It's, it's sit, it sits right by. <laughs> yeah, it's sitting right next to me. It's what 300. It's in the it's under, shrine.
1: What do you
0: mean? It's under his pillow.
3: Yeah, it's about 320 pages of comic, and then there's some... some mm-hmm. uh, other filler material, so it 's written by greg rucca um, it 's illustrated, which i didn 't realize until I looked read this up by a bunch of different people yep, um, so
2: each, ar- st- each arc is done by a different artist,
3: correct, correct and um, I guess for those that aren 't familiar with the source it 's essentially um, a team, and you can always correct me because i 'm just kind of going off the cuff here but it 's a team of 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 British spies uh, and they are tasked with various and sundry missions. <laughs> you like that right <laughs> I love I love it. Yeah. love when you
0: say the the VNS and I would say it's rain.
3: fair to say that the there are a lot of characters that and they're all recurring but the I, at least I took it that the book is really primarily about Tara Chase would you say that's fair
2: she is uh very much the protagonist of the
3: book yeah um Uh, And, uh, look, I am a huge fan. I don't watch a lot of TV, but one of the shows that my wife and I do watch and I adore is The Unit. I don't know if you guys watch it. But um, I thought this was very much in the same vein in the sense that when you hear spy book and you think comic book, I think you may, before you read this, have the tendency to expect it to be very James Bond and over-the-top action in every scene and lots of gadgets. And that really is not the case at all. I mean, this is pretty much written in the vein of what would a real – or at least in the real world, what would being a spy be like. Um, It read a lot much more like a really well-written espionage film uh, than it did, you know, something like an over-the-top TV show or action movie. And I really appreciated that. Uh, You know, I'm not... I don't think I'm as familiar with all of Rucka's work uh, as you guys probably are, but the dialogue is unbelievably intelligently written. Uh, Mm -hmm. The characterizations are distinctive. I mean, all of the characters stick in my mind. And it's funny because when i first started reading it the the uh, the two m- lead males if you will I-, I think especially in that first arc are drawn to look very similarly and i thought that was going to bother me and that i wasn't going to be able to tell tell them apart uh paul what is it paul and tom i think paul are, are and the Tom's, guys yeah. yeah uh but you you really do get a sense of them because they are very different human you know different men and, and you just, it just quickly goes away the fact that they look a lot alike um so bottom line is I loved the book. Uh, I can't wait to pick up the second volume. It's definitely worthy of the praise, uh, and it's a much, much different book than I expected it to be, but for the better. Um, mm-hmm. So so good on you for making me read it, and I'm glad I finally got off my ass and did so. The, the one, I guess, nit I would have is that you mentioned that each, each story arc is written, uh, is illustrated by different uh, artists, mm-hmm. and I think for the most part it was all quality art. I didn't have a problem with it, but I did... <laughs>
2: Leonardo a- Fernandez, wasn't it?
3: I don't know. It's the last story arc, and that's that Leonardo they draw, Fernandez. Yeah, they go from drawing Tara like a very average-looking woman to... You know, he draws her like a penthouse comics... Yeah,
2: penthouse. she goes from B to double D. Yeah, yeah. And
3: you guys know I love me some double D cheesecake art. That's not usually a problem. Yeah. But I have to say, by the time I got to that arc, I was so invested in her as a character... That I almost felt like they were cheapening her, as silly as that may seem, since she's a comic book character. But I did feel like, hey, that's she's you're objectifying her, and I, it just it kind of felt wrong to have her drawn that way. So I'm not sure if if that's just a one off and and she goes back to looking like a a more natural looking woman or not. But uh, but that's about every, the only knit you hmm.
2: know that it's actually one of the neat things about the book is that every artist has their their own kind of variation on. On what Tara looks like, and yeah, Leonardo Fernandez, who I love his art. He's um, um, he's a pretty he's a pretty amazing artist. But yeah, Tara got a little top heavy in that arc. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> became a little little uh, um, playboy playmate uh, esque. But um, yeah, the the next one um, she kind of you know goes back to being kind of. I'm trying to think who does the next one. Um, you know the, the 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 variety of artists in this series is pretty amazing because you go to guys like Steve Rolston, but then you have Jason Alexander mm-hmm. um, and Leonardo Fernandez and Mike Norton and oh Norton um, did Norton? Yeah, yeah Norton did Norton did oh, my I didn't favorite. Nice. I actually have uh, I have a Mike Norton Queen and Country page hanging up on my wall here. Um, exactly it's one of my it's one of my one of my favorite pages out of the series. Uh, Brian Hurt did a great a great arc on it, that and yeah, uh, which it's, volume it's, is Norton?
3: Because I want to skip that
2: volume.
0: You know, borrow oh. Matthew Geis. Well, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh.
2: zing zing! He is in volume three with uh, Chris Somney. Uh, oh, okay. oh, Chris Somni, the drawing bastard, as is mic. Yeah, yep. so Somni so Som- I- did a really nice arc as well. And yeah, everybody, everybody's versions of the characters are slightly different, but mm-hmm. um, you, you, you never, especially once you get a couple arcs in, the characterization is so strong that you never lose track of who people are. Who was uh, your favorite character in the first volume?
3: Well, it has to be Tara because she's the one. Again, I, as I think back on the book, and I prob- I read it, I guess, a little less than a week ago. Uh, I, I really, when I think of the book, I think of her and her mm-hmm. journey. So it has to be her. I mean, I, I enjoyed the characterizations of, of most of the people. I didn't much care for the way they portrayed the younger agent that she's stooping. What's his name? Um, oh, Ed, Edward, Ed. 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 Ed yeah. Um, it, just because he seemed a little bit cliche, you know, the young guy trying to find his way, they don't quite trust him. Makes silly mistakes because he's so overzealous. So I, I'd like to hope that he transitions his role
2: as he oh, gets. Oh, oh, he tra- <laughs> he transitions. Okay. All right, well, don't Good. don't spoil anything for me. This is smooth.
1: Okay. This is smooth. Yeah, Only, I tell uh, you.
2: Let me just tell you that Rucka turns this series on its head several times. Okay, great. Uh, over the over the course of the of the the three definitive editions and the two mm-hmm. novels, is that and, uh, things change a lot.
3: Sure. So, and I I think not to circle back to the topic we agreed to get off, but I do think it is a relevant closing point on it, which is that here's a book that aside from them raving about it, it's it's certainly critically acclaimed as well. It won an Eisner. Um, for Best New Series back when it was launched. Um, You know, the art's solid, the story's solid. Greg Rucka, I think it's fair to say one of the most well-regarded DC writers. I think, you know, DC fans certainly hold his name in high regard, justifiably so. And yet, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it's fair to say we haven't had more Queen and Country because it just doesn't sell, right? I mean, it really just doesn't sell well enough for him to devote as much time as he probably would like to on the book, right? And, and you have a black-and-white book, right, that's just yeah. not – it's a black-and-white book that – what else is What else is different about it other than that it's not from one of the big two and that it's not in color? Because certainly nothing else about it should keep it from being well-regarded by comic book it, readers, If, if
0: it was it, published uh, by Vertigo, it would have lasted as long as Hellblazer.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I agree yeah. with that. Well – it's, uh, what about if it was it, published a, by a Dark Horse? Okay, you know there there was <laughs> a Queen and Country book that was that was published at at DC, and it even had superheroes in it. Yeah, checkmate, checkmate, and <laughs> okay. it didn't sell. Well. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. honest, to God, sure, che- Check, checkmate was Queen and Country come to DC, and it didn't sell extraordinarily well. It was, <laughs> I, it was a smart book, and I don't know. It's it's just. I think there are people that like espionage and don 't like espionage and it it got very complicated and sometimes it 's hard to do that in a monthly book and i 'm not i 'm not saying that you know hey if you didn 't buy Checkmate on a monthly basis you know you 're the you know fucking devil you know i 'm not saying that um, because I know it's it it felt like a kind of an impenetrable impenetrable book to a lot of people, or they just weren't care you know they just you know didn't care because there was a lot of b list characters but it's it's hard to attract people to to books that are that are smart and have a lot of characters to build up around because we're talking about you know once again a a monthly a monthly book I mean, and in queen of country's case god maybe five or six issues a year would come out it's it's hard to do that and yeah but in
0: rucker never let that be a detriment to the book though because the no. large cast that you're talking about he tells you there's a there was a page in every issue exactly what the recap the, the hierarchy. Page. no the hierarchy of yeah. the organization yeah. which was very helpful to me because uh, as many comics as we read a month, I'm not going to remember what each individual per- person does in this organization. So that page was very freaking helpful to
2: me. He did. He did that in in Checkmate and Queen and Country. So. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's not a fault of the writer. He's going out of his way to tell you what these people do and who they are. It's just the the consumers. I guess it's not clicking for. It's it requires probably requires too much effort on the part of the the uh, reader that's what yeah, i'm now, thinking
2: now jason you you really you really did like it and and be honest was that not clear because if you if you really really enjoyed it there is an old british tv show called the sandbaggers that mm-hmm. you can you find on dvd i think you can probably even netflix it right. um but it is it's 1970s british tv so it's not going to be incredibly high production values but if you liked queen and country find the sandbaggers on dvd and you will and and greg is 100% transparent about it that queen and country is all but based on the sandbaggers. And if, okay. you enjoy, if you enjoy Queen and Country, watch the sandbaggers because it is it is, it is Queen and Country before Queen I'm and Country. I'm on it like a bonnet. It is, <laughs> it is so freaking good. It <sighs> nice. is, you, if you like espionage? You, it's great.
0: You know, Chris, I have, haven't read as nearly as much Queen and Country as yourself. I have the definitive editions, but the only one I really made it all the way through was the first one. And I have to say, my favorite story through that whole volume is the very first one.
2: Oh, yeah, it's defining.
0: Right, because it it showcases not only what the organization does, but Tara is in a place where she should not be. It's a simple premise. She's in a place where she should not be, and she's got to get the F out. And she has to rely on her smarts, her resourcefulness. You get a complete picture of who this character is in four issues. That that And the art's fantastic. Who did the first um, story? Steve, Rol- Steve
2: Rolston. Steve Rolston. Oh, I,
0: I, I love it. I just think it's it's the perfect, from what little I've read, Queen and Country Story. I have the, the next two volumes, and I haven't made it. I keep picking up the second one, and something always happens when I have to put it down.
2: Oh, so. get it. And well, just for I the fucking Jason Alexander art. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have
0: it. I just haven't plowed through it yet. But yeah, yeah I, I agree with Wood. Great don't, stuff.
2: Don't get me wrong. In my perfect world, and I I love all the different artists' takes on stuff, and I love Mike and Chris's work in it, and Brian Hurt. But in in my perfect world, there would be a hundred issues of of Greg Ruck and Steve Rolston on Queen yeah. of Country. Whoa, no Chris I, I
3: thought that was your boy.
2: Oh, I no. I don't get me wrong. I I love Chris's work, but I I think. Oh, you're shitting on Chris Ro- Somney right now, on her no. Arm. How Hush, could Chris? Oh How kidding. could Chris Somney all- draw I'm *Queen kidding, and
0: Country*? I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: Just giving him shit. I'm when he's drawn
0: the invaders. No. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly. There you go. Thanks for pulling me out from under the bus. Hey, there.
0: I'm your I'm your buddy.
2: But no, R- rollston <laughs> Rol- I I love Rollston's uh, version uh, of mm-hmm. of see, but yeah, it's it's a great series. Uh, Absolutely. You know, just happy pick birthday, up. Buddy. Thank you. That is a great <laughs> birthday present. Thank you. <laughs> All right, someone else it. talk now, comics now.
0: Come on. Now, wait, wait, wait. You're not talking about the book I want to hear you talk about the most. What book? Oh, come on. I've talked too much. I've talked for... No, for what, like what, what did you PM us that you read and you were like... Mm, no, you didn't PM us. you put no, it, on, you said on the, it on the forum, dude. You said on the forum, oh, forum.bullpenbulletispodcast.com. Yeah, forum. yeah, I, mean, uh, you know, I, I don't
3: mind talking. I'll keep talking, but I just didn't want to... All right.
0: Talk, how about it. this? Before you get into that, I have a couple more fanzine flashbacks for your ass.
3: Nice. Let's, let's hear the flashbacks.
0: <laughs> okay. This is from the comic reader, once again, number 146, from August of 1977. A great year. This is cool. Two of the four new books pro- book projects at DC have been revealed. Al Milgram will edit, and he may draw a new Jerry Conway-created superhero book called Firestorm. Nice. One of one of Julius Schwartz's two new titles will be a monthly equivalent of To Brave and the Bold featuring Superman teamed up with a different hero each month. Hmm, wonder what that was? To be written by Marty Pasco. For those of you who are keeping count, this means that Superman will be appearing regularly in nine titles, oh, counting su- <laughs> counting Superboy, <laughs> and ten if you count the Superman of Earth 2's irregular appearances in All-Star Comics. It's
3: like Wolverine.
0: Yeah, coupled with the numerous special series and tabloid book appearances scheduled, and you'll agree that DC will be ready to take advantage of the release of the Superman film. Jack C. Harris and Jerry Conway are working on the fourth project. I love these fanzines. So much cool information. <laughs> now I have another one. Hey, this, this And I will be putting the covers of these wonderful fanzines on the forum immediately following posting of the episode. There's some Marvel news. Okay, other Marvel special projects on the agenda include an adaptation of the Shining film, a magazine devoted to the TV show Earth Star. Now, do you have any idea what that was formerly called? Earth Star was formerly called Galactica.
2: Oh, that's uh, right.
0: I did not know that.
2: I did not as,
0: know that. As well as a Sean Cassidy book of his own. So, uh, Chris Claremont <laughs> and Ernie Colon are the permanent team on John Carter, Warlord of Mars, as of number 16. Frank Miller is drawing an issue for a fill-in purposes that features Tars Tarkas based on a cover idea by John Byrne. So this They're is ni- this is 1978. Comics reader number 156. And Frank, and Frank Miller's drawn fill-in issues on uh, John Carter, Warlord of Mars. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he's come a long way. A- and the last little bit, this would appeal to probably no one else but myself, but I'm hoping it will appeal to more people. That issue of Sandman that was never published will tr- will turn up in issue number sixty one of Commandy, somehow incorporated into the book's continuity. Fleischer and Kirby did the original story, and Jaxie Harris will work it into the book. Now, if you're a fan of Commandy, you know that Commandy never made it to issue sixty one. It made it. It ended with number fifty nine. So. I have a question to anybody. I can't recall ever seeing an unpublished issue of the Sandman. It, maybe it appeared in the Jack Kirby Reader, and Steve Raker would probably know. But s- as far the Kirby as this collector. It- yeah, the Kirby Collector, I'm sorry, as far as this fanzine is concerned, there is an issue of Sandman that was never printed, hmm. published. So I'm, I'm very curious as to where that finally ended up, because it wasn't in Commandy as far as I can remember.
3: I said, muy interesante.
0: Yeah, you got to love the fanzines.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And you I can't see it, but so. on this page are preliminary drawings for a Marvel book called The Micronauts, which is based, <laughs> which is based upon the toys manufactured by Mego. Bob Hall did these preliminaries of the wow. four characters, and Bill Mantlo is to be the writer, and Michael Golden will draw it.
1: Yep. Another there hack. <laughs> At least for the first few issues, yeah. <laughs> how,
2: long was, how long was Golden on Micronauts
1: not Uh, long I I want to say maybe less yeah definitely less because Pat Broderick took over afterwards and
0: Broderick's no slouch either oh
1: Broderick was some beautiful artwork (laughs) you betcha (laughs) no doubt
0: I think Broderick did the best Baron Karza ever
1: uh, is there such a thing as bad Baron Karza
0: no Uh, No, especially when he's the horse man
1: come on you know (laughs) you know you know know who did a hot marionette who did Um, John Byrne Kelly Jones Kelly G- Wright. That's uh, correct. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs>
0: well, you you, you, you got to take into account both of our
1: compadres are younger than us. No, I was I was uh, I was thinking of other things. I wasn't thinking about guys.
2: Else. I, I appreciate the sentiment of you trying to make me feel young on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice of you, but you don't have to keep doing it. Yeah, once you're over 30, you're really...
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm old enough to have bought Conan, the first year of Conan, off the racks.
3: Vince is old enough to be my dad.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Is your mom hot? No.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, dude, (laughs) funny story about that. I was talking to Ryan Stegman. And he's, uh, if you want, his Twitter icon, I think, looks like my mother.
1: Oh, <laughs> damn. Have you, see, have
3: you know, seen all of that picture? Yes. I said, dude, I said, what are you doing uh, with a picture of my mother as your avatar? And he said, dude, do you actually know what this picture is? And, I, and then I, I didn't, and then he told me where to Google it and find out. And, and let me just say that it does look pretty. like my mother, albeit I don't think she ever wore that get up, at least not that I would know of. <laughs>
0: You mean Ryan Stegman, New Penciler on Hercules? Her, yeah, see, I, I brain fart. Hercules.
2: It's, he's doing Incredible Herc. Yes, yep. he is. Yeah, baby. And I, t- and I, and I tell you what, um, thank you again, Vince, um, and David, probably. Um, incredible Herc. I, I read the second trade, and and David is sitting back going, yeah, I'm the one that originally suggested Aren't you? Aren't you? Um, the first trade, the World War Hulk one, was mm-hmm. all Right, it was definitely um, pulled down by, by by the event stuff, but the yes. second one was awesome.
0: It's gold. Oh yeah, yeah I loved it. it. It's perfect. By
2: the way, not for not for nothing,
3: but I, I did spend a considerable amount of time a few weeks ago talking about Mr. Stegman getting the Incredible Hercules yes. key. But that's cool, though. And
0: well, wait. Maybe again, that was one though. of the times when Chris went to the bathroom or something.
1: Or no, no. Oh. I, I think that. <laughs>
3: We talk so much. Oh, oh no. Yeah, you know Chris? I owe you an apology. David's right. That was the Wednesday night when we didn't record and we just talked. Vince, David, and I talked off yes. air. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you're right.
0: My bad. My bad. D- yes. David's got the, the brain. He's got the he steel does. trap. He forgets nothing. He is like That's a, really scary. It is.
8: Hey, Oprah. This is Skip. Uh, first time listener, long time caller. Listen, I I just wanna say I love your show. I'm a little nervous. Uh I was listening to your show last week and you had that stroke lady on. The lady had a stroke and while she was having it, knew she was having a stroke and uh and she's a stroke doctor lady and well that made it a bit ironic I guess, but uh well I just thought that was neat and all how she knew she was having a stroke and she while she's having it she went to like this happy place in her brain. And uh, I want to go there, Oprah. I want to go to that happy place with you and that Stroke Lady Doctor. So, uh, anyways, uh, love your show. Say hi to Gail and Sedma. Bye.
0: Gary, and you know what? Here's a smooth segue. Another book David has been pounding on my hump Ah. for me to to buy. (laughs) That's what we're calling it this week? Yeah, it's my hump. Uh, Ghost Rider and I, I always was pretty reticent to pick it up because I bought the first... Look at the you first, with the big bird. I'm sorry. I, I, I purchased, tur- purchased the book during the first year, and I enjoyed it, but again, it was a victim of the Marvel Purge, so I, I was kind of reluctant <laughs> to go back to it, but the, the fact that um, Tony Moore's on the book, I could not resist, and hearing Chris talk about the art and hearing David talk about the book, I had to pick it up, and I'm thumbing through it this afternoon at work, and I am blown away.
2: He and Jason Aaron are having fun on this book, and you can tell in every freaking page.
0: But it's everything we like about Tony Moore in one book.
2: Mm-hmm. The treat There's has solicited just-
3: for Tony's first arc, has it? This, this is, is the first, first issue. This first this issue. First yeah, issue. okay. I was no, because I, I don't. That's one of the few Marvel books I I too have not bought regularly, and and for the same reasons you're saying, Vince. The yeah, I can't pass up Tony Moore, especially with uh with already it being praised by our uh, esteemed colleagues here. So I'm I'm dying to read it, but I just figured it'd be easier to pick up the Tony Moore penciled arc than pick up the issues, because I don't I don't Please, see myself what, reading this consistently, but I'll read it as not, long as Tony's doing the
0: arc. Nuns <laughs> get slaughtered in it. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> New top of my stack.
2: <laughs> World World War Two uh, ghost Rider in a biplane shooting Nazis. Yes, yes, yes. I've it, seen that. It's already. awesome. Um, but I tell you, J- Jason Aaron continues to amaze me with what he can do with some of these Marvel characters. I mean, Marvel really did a nice job of of locking him up. Because I read um, um, Secret Invasion was terrible. I, I, I've I've told you guys about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really, literal, literally, literally wanted to Netflix throw my
3: on yeah. Secret Invasion. We need Vince to mention Morrison. We'll be almost all set for the night. We, you know
0: what? Secret Invasion mustn't be that bad because it franking pretty high on the friggin' seventy Marvels of all time.
2: Let me uh, tell you. But, all right, seventy was, Marvels checked off. Okay, what's next? What I was getting at was, uh, I I picked up the uh, uh, New York Times best selling uh, Black Panther Secret Invasion that uh, that Jason, Jason Aaron
1: Groh. and uh, F. J. Palo. Yeah, it was good. It was a fun story, man. It was. But
0: like I said, I didn't read the issue yet, so I have no idea how it reads. But on the last page, I did flip to it, and there are there's a, a hint of some characters that may be showing up in Ghost Rider in the future, and this probably isn't spoiling anything because you have no idea which ones will be showing up. Okay. But Man-Thing, Satana, Razorback, Blackheart, Big Wheel... Madcap, Come on. It's like Black Talon. It's like a geek out for anyone who has read Bronze Age Marvel.
2: <laughs> Throw some brother voodoo in there and we're cooking.
0: It's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It just, Tony's art never uh, ceases to astound me. How he can be so contemporary and have this air of the classic EC artist, like uh, obviously, um, who, what was that?
3: I uh, don't you think, I, I think, he, yeah, no, I'm, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, who did you say? Because I want to see if we're on the same page. I said Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, Jack Davis. I look at Tony's art, and I. Uh, it just evokes the, the kind of uh, freewheeling style that Jack Davis had.
2: Yeah. I love Jack, it. I think Jack Davis is his idol. It's, mm. He's uh, talked about it before. That,
3: yeah, uh, I think that's one of that's his big inspirations, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, hey, I speaking mean, that's, of that, that's fear agent. No, speaking of Tony Moore, the iFanboys just was catching up Ding. on their little their video show. Yeah, but they did their video show from WonderCon, and Ron was catching up with our boy Rick Remender. Who, it's been actually a few weeks since we've praised Fear Agent, so I figured it was about time. But uh, but Ron mm-hmm. talked to 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 Rick about uh, how it's not coincidental that really the entire Fear Agent team is now hot and heavy at Marvel. Tony's doing Ghost Rider. You've got Jerome doing. Punisher with with Rick, uh, who's writing it. Um, but I wanted to bring it up because uh, I guess there's good news and bad news. The bad news is Rick did confirm that uh, once Gigantic uh, wraps up the in the next issue or two, it's it's you know it's done. It's a six issue arc or what have you. And uh, League, I think he's wrapping up with issue thirteen. I want to say he's putting that on hiatus, wow. and he did confirm that after which we already knew, but for the
2: for 30, issue thirty-two,
3: yeah, issue thirty-two will be "quote unquote" hiatus for Fear Agent, which is the suck. That said, though, what got me excited is he did confirm that there are already plans in the works, and it will happen shortly after thirty-two comes out. uh We will, we can expect a Fear Agent omnibus with all thirty-two issues, which makes me all <sighs> types of giddy. Yeah. So, yeah, but that
0: still hurts, though. That Fear Agent's going.
3: It away. does. It does hurt. It does. But. uh you know hey, what can we do? We can only we've got to root our boys on and and hope that they it sounds like all three are very much on board with with not not foregoing it forever but um I think that's it do like to eat yeah i mean with no matter what your intentions are i think we there's plenty of other great indie created uh or uh creator owned projects that that Unfortunately, their hiatus can turn into years and years. So I hope that's not the case with this. But
2: yeah, I, w- I would love to see them come out with the occasional like you know prestige format, Absolutely. forty-eight page story. I mean, Fear Agent, you know that that's one of the things about that book. As much as I love the the four or six um, issue arcs, I, I like a lot of the standalone stories. The whole Tales of the Fear Agent. I, th- mm-hmm. I think they could do you know standalone one shots. Just stories, and I I like those just as much, if not more, than the than the long story arcs. No. Oh, my dog! My dog <gasps> is spent sensing evil. when we go bed with her. So, so Dave,
0: David, how come you're so damn quiet? I'm just listening to what you guys are saying.
1: Let's what, hear something. It's good what stuff, enough, man.
0: What are you reading?
1: Uh
3: did you read War of Kings yet?
1: No, I'm waiting on that. I I, I have that. I'm trying, I'm saving the best for last on that one. I um Some of the... Uh, I'm, I'm about a week or so behind in some of my Marvel reading that I've been taking notes for for, the, uh, for this other show I do. But I did what read... Uh, What's that? What's that? That, that that'd be Marvel noise.
0: Oh. oh, I thought you meant feedback.
1: Oh, no. That was, that was a done-in-one right now. <laughs> uh, that's hot. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Thank you, Alan, again for that. That was... Uh, what the hell? I read um Black Panther number two. What number two? Secret Warriors number whoa, 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 two. Wait, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Back up a little
0: bit. How was Black Panther? It, it That Ken Lashley art looks
1: great. Well, you know why? Why is that? Because Mark Farmer's inking him? No, no. Who's, um, who's almost inking almost him? Almost as good. Almost as good. Paul Neary. Oh, Neary, nice.
3: Oh. I haven't read... I, both, both of those issues are sitting in my pile. I have not read it yet.
1: I, uh... I enjoy, I don't mind the dark rain banner on the top because it, uh, it does, there is an appearance by two members of the cabal in the first issue. Uh, in the second, there is a fight between T'Challa and, uh, and a little, uh, latvian dictator. Um, that, no kidding. uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty severe. And it actually explains why T'Challa is in the shape he's in, um, well, when you read the first issue, mm-hmm. oh, so because it goes so, in, goes back and forth. There's some flashback so, scenes.
0: Now, now, what exactly happened to the Black Panther book? Um, obviously, it was canceled, but
1: it, yeah, it, I think that that ended when uh, the last issue was the last issue of the Secret Invasion that that Chris mentioned in that in that collection. I think it ended around I don't know issue 41 or something like that.
0: Well, so what happened to Black
1: Panther? Was he a scrawl or something? Was no, was I, the deal? there because David <laughs> he. Just said, he is t- t- T'Challa. Still, is still t- T'Challa wasn't a Skrull, um, but there were people in his, or there was someone in his cabinet that was a man. Male or I female. mean, a scroll. Um A uh, it was, um, was it the di- male. The I believe it was a male. No, no, oh, okay. no. I think no. It was a female. It was a female because uh, when she and Storm were running, re um,
3: was it the Orimaje or whatever they call her?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so because I wasn't. I read the wedding. And I didn't read much of the world tour, and I, I I got my Black Panther fix when McDuffie was writing Fantastic Four, so I really wasn't reading the main Black Panther series. I went back wow. for the um, the first two issues of the Secret Invasion three parter, so I didn't uh, I didn't finish that, and I wasn't sure if what happened at the end of because what happened when when they were saying that Black Panther was ending, they started leaking these little teaser images of who will exactly. be the black different panther and everybody was a female yeah,
0: different pieces right. of tr-
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> there was uh there was adora milaje there was sue storm there was storm there was uh oh, the blonde was echo. supposed to be sue they they yeah they, yeah, they echo, threw sue out there um echo and uh shuri t'challa's sister oh, so right. they, they they had thrown all these women out there to see who um Who would be the next Black Panther? Now, three issues. The third issue will come out, and as of the first two, there hasn't been a replacement yet. So there still isn't Uh a Black Panther.
3: That's weird. Um, See, now that's an interesting – I think we give Marvel a lot of credit for their marketing, justifiably so relative to the competition. But – See that's interesting because I know a lot of people that were really turned off by the cancel- cancellation of the title and the relaunch with the premise of it being a female Black Panther to the point where a lot of people use it as a jumping off point. So that's right. really interesting to hear that they didn't start right away with a female Black Panther.
1: No, it's uh, they're in the male baby. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's because they um, it, it it does it it goes with it's present day. With mm-hmm. you're in Wakanda and and Storm is is the queen and um and I guess some people in the royal cabinet were thinking that Aurora was going to take T'Challa's place. She'd be Black Panther, and she says, "No, my my place is at my husband's side." And, nice, and that's uh, a good woman right there. Knows her and place. there are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, oh! sorry. I
2: was channeling my inner Vince there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, Bye, female listeners. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All, all I, I two I of them. All two of them, right?
1: Um. The uh. So <laughs> make me a sandwich. Storm. <laughs> yeah. Don't get the bread wet this time. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and then get There's, on your. Um, <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Really. Not anymore. Um, <laughs> It was uh you know, there has been someone who who trained along with T'Challa who's just as good to be Black Panther, so when you get to the end of the second issue you have a feeling you know who is going to take over the mantle. Um it, uh, T'Challa's not dead, so it's not like he may not come back. It's it's but he's he's pretty hurting and since as long as there's been a Black Panther, there has never been a time where Black Panther was absent where there wasn't someone with the with the totem. So there so will it's be a legacy a blo- hero again. absolutely. Like Ghost Rider, like Nova, right. like uh yeah, like So who says Marvel doesn't do legacy characters? They're all Iron about this
3: uh, on A C they talked about the uh, re- the the birth of the Marvel Legacies.
1: And they and and they they do it in a way where it's it's been going on like for like. There's not going to be a Cyclops two or Spider. Well, I don't want to say Ben Riley, but there's. It's it's kind of hard oh, to I do some character. Another I know, I know, right? There's yeah, yeah, because there's only yeah, no, never, never. There's only his son and and X twenty three. So there's just they <laughs> they have um you know you have your Iron Fist who's been around forever. You have Ghost Rider, you know, pretty much since the dawn of time. So they do have their characters. You have Black Panther. So, but they've been. They've been who's, They don't. Who's
0: oh. a legacy character in his own, uh, we'll his own in his own head? Right. Yeah, just by himself. Uh,
1: I wish it'd be never. Never be another roommate. Uh, the uh, never uh, be another. <laughs> so yes, yeah, it just I. There's just been some. I one thing I do want to talk about though, and I, I want to give props to Mr. Dave A, the poster formerly known as Stick and uh, co-host of the Mean Dog Top Five Podcast. He. Uh, a few weeks ago, he offered up about uh, half a dozen, five copies of Young Liars Volume One.
7: Oh, and, nice.
1: And he uh, and and early on in, on on this program, I mentioned I read the first issue, and I know we all kind of talked about it. Wood wasn't a fan of of the art, and and you know we kind of all. I think we all did read the first issue of Young Liars. Yeah, because then, if I
0: remember correctly, Wood wasn't a fan of the characters.
1: That's that 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 is, I believe. Let me clarify. Your, I'm not a fan of Rick Veach. Well, that well, we know. I don't
0: know why you would be reading Young Liars.
1: <laughs> for uh, <laughs> that's that's is the there you go. Right. Put him on the spot. They smack um, him down. <laughs> Army love, which I also spot. For, for, which yes, is which the is also banner. great. Uh, right. I know. So and and I remember <laughs> talking about it because we also. <laughs> I know. They also. We we, we were talking about how on on the Valiant fans form and things like that that. Lapin was talking about wanting to make sure that this book does sort of have some sort of life. So um legs, yeah. Dave wants people to read it. I read the first issue. I knew it was something that I was going to read. I wanted to find out more about about Sadie, about Diane, e, about Donnie, about all these characters. And I wasn't sure when I'd get to it. So as soon as Dave says, okay, you know what? I have some. I jumped on it. Read it. Couldn't put it down. I... Nice. So-, so, this collection, Daydream Believer, Volume One, it is it. It's the first six issues, and I told them now I need to find out what happens to these people sooner rather than later. I was fine reading the first issue and letting it simmer and going, okay, I'll get back to it. But now that I read these first six, I I need more. And I believe this month the second volume is solicited in previews. Um, it's uh, it's just. It's, you know, these are characters that know you shouldn't like them, uh, but I can't. I'm not annoyed by them. I'm not. You know, these 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 aren't. Uh, this isn't a book full of like Superboy Prime. It's not like they don't annoy right. me where I just I don't want to see you. I they annoy me because they're they're people who really don't have too many redeeming qualities. But I still want to know what happens to them, and right. I got to find out. You know, Danny gives you enough. In, in the backstory and the flashbacks where you think, you know, what's going on in the, uh, I think it was the third or fourth issue where he wakes up in the bed, tied up on the cruise ship. And, uh, and in, I think it's the fourth issue. And you figure, you think, you know why he's tied up and what happened because of what he's thinking. But then as the story progresses and the and the flashback gets to closer to the time where he is tied up in the bed, you see exactly what happened. and, and, you know these these people, I guess, are friends to each other, but nobody really trusts anybody, and everybody's got a secret. And that sounds a lot more soap operay than it actually is. It's just it's it's a fun. It's, I don't want to say it's fun, but it's it's a really really good book. I I think his art is 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 great in this. I mean, I remember him back in the Harbinger days at Valiant and and Warriors Plasm. of Plasm, and and it's Plasm. just done, it's it's. Uh, He's only gotten better and this is it's it's good stuff. I, I really, really recommend it. Thank you, Dave. I hope uh the other folks that uh snagged it from him when he offered it up uh chime in and let us know what uh what yeah. they what what they thought of it. I definitely recommend it. Yeah.
0: I think the thing that attracts me the most to David Latham's work, aside from the fact that he draws really, really well, is the unpredictability and you can say this about any book, any series that he's wor- on which he's worked, the unpredictability of the universe, like um, stray bullets, it, things don't work in the stray bullets universe, the way they work in ours, and the same as, as young liars. It, it's just a character th- can turn in a second and be totally different from the way they were two two pages before it's just it's freewheeling un you can't pin it down. And, and and they do not... The mannerisms of the characters are in no way like what we've been accustomed to in our world. They, they're crazy, crazy characters. But it works. Have you read Stray Bullets?
1: I have
2: not.
0: Oh, my God. it's not Chris, are you still there?
1: Yes.
2: What do you it think is, about Stray Bullets? It is... Um, whenever people talk about uh, books in the 90s, whenever comics were quote-unquote bad <laughs> or crashing or whatever... Um, Stray Bullets is one of those. It, it was a. It was very much a '90s book, correct? Yeah, yeah. It, Stray Bullets is one of those works in the '90s that I think um, historically, I think people will look back and that will be a defining book of that era, right there with mm-hmm. you know Love and Rockets and you know a, a lot of the other um, you know up and coming black and white independent work that really you know really set itself apart in the '90s. It is it's It's an amazing piece of work in a lot of the same reasons as young liars in that um or the watchman uh for that matter, in that you're not really supposed to like the characters in the book it's you know what i mean it's there mm. there there's not a whole lot of redeeming qualities to, you see to, what to him? yeah
0: oh, all it's, all it's, all it's, of his characters are wounded in some oh yeah way. oh yeah sure.
2: But it makes for it makes for very engaging fiction, and right. it's it's interesting to um, to read about a character that you don't necessarily like, but you can at some point be um, you can have empathy for them. It's uh, I was talking to Sal about Watchmen and how there I mean there is a point where the comedian is. You know, almost sympathetic, and even though he's a he's a despicable human being, and 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 Laugham's work is like that. I mean, there in, in 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 Young Liars, there's not one character in that book that you feel like you can really care about, but you can you can have empathy for them, and they're interesting. And yeah. all of his mm-hmm. characters, all of his characters are interesting on some level. So yeah, I definitely suggest to anyone to go back and read the um, um read Stray Bullets and, and Young Liars. They're they're pretty amazing. I just I just wish that uh, Young Liars as much as I want to buy it in single issues and I know like Tom loves it, uh, buys it in single issues that's definitely going to be a trade waiter for me because I love the first trade and it'll be something I'll go back and read again. So, yeah, that's that's how I'm going to buy and it. And he,
1: he, he, Laban does it enough so that he'll He gives you just enough about each character where he doesn't, as implow as wad, but you're still, you know, a little bit more about most of them as the issue goes on. But he keeps enough to himself, pulls enough back where you'll come back for the next issue. Right.
0: And all of his work is dense, it's layered. and, And one of the things that I like best is that he never panders to the lowest common denominator. In terms of the readership, he expects you, when you open that cover, to be up on the series. There's almost no recap. The story begins where it begins. Mm-hmm. And you you have to know what has come before. And he's not going to spoon-feed you. You have to work at it.
1: And, and layouts, the, the, yep. the, the layouts, the way he does a page, I mean, his art style it's clean it's clear you know what's going on things that, there's 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 a weight to everything so you actually feel like you know if someone's talking to you and they turn to talk to you you know you feel it it, it works nothing's forced nothing's it's it's not comic book superhero physics it it this you know th- these people are in these weird ass positions these fight scenes are happening and they look awkward but you know who's been in a real fight it's not all style and grace for the most part so okay this this it's it's real it's solid and and i like how the when you get to um when you get to the covers it uh the cover is pretty much the first panel of each issue right that's cool too that and is i like that a lot
0: yeah, yeah. and amy race cars hot
7: buying comics for dummies page 1 of 1 chapter 1 of 1 just look on Marvel.com at the top 70 list and buy all the shite like Wolverine versus fucking Hulk and House of M issue 8 and Dark Avengers issue 1 and you'll be fine. And anything with a foil variant cover and anything that's been slabbed, including uh, any shite issues of Moon Knight and... Uh, Lots of things like that. And especially look for uh, anything that says third or second printing. Because the higher the number, the higher the price you will eventually achieve. And keep everything bagged and boarded. And pay for everything to be slapped. And keep them all in long boxes. And and just be basically a complete and utter fucking wanker. I'm angry. I'm sorry. I'm still angry. I thought I wasn't, but I am. Um, that fucking list. Anyway. I need to calm down and read some good comics. Goodbye.
0: So, we, I think we lost... <laughs> I think we lost our buddy Wood, because he's not chiming in. Because he's not a fan. So, let, let's get him to talk about something that I said before I want to hear him talk about. Because today... I read "All Hail Megatron" number eight, "The Trader Revealed," and I know Jason read the first trade. Well, are we sure? Are we it. sure
1: he's he's not here? Or did he hit mute again?
3: No, no I'm he's here. here. I'm just oh. I, I, w- I was uh, comatose as you guys discussed that book because <laughs> I read the first issue and despised it, and I haven't read any more <laughs> since, so I can't I can't speak to to the book either. It would be unfair of me to criticize it beyond saying I didn't like the first issue because I've heard from a lot of people that obviously the, the story has so many layers that the first issue doesn't do it justice either way. So I I can't, you know,
4: and by the way, for the record, I don't
3: have a problem with the art. I just didn't, as I said, after that first issue, I just thought the characters were so whacked out. I couldn't give two shits about any of them. So it just wasn't worth me continuing. (laughs) But
0: in in your defense, you have done one eighties on a lot of series. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, that's why I say, I mean, you know, I, I can't say to you that I'll, I'll never go back. And, and, uh, despite uh, Mr. Price's jokes on the forum this week, uh, as you guys know, I've <laughs> I didn't around, start it though. I just threw I've come him out around there. To Frank Whiteley quite a bit, yes, and all yes. red, and all red. Uh, and all red. I, I, in fact, I'm very curious to read Stray Bullets. That is one of the many, many, quote unquote, classic series of that time period when I really wasn't, you know, I was. In college in the early 90s and so I pretty much just my pull list was very small back then and so I I have no idea about stray bullets other than by reputation I've never read an issue don't know what it looks like what it's about other than that Lapham wrote it and that people seem to love it so I I will definitely get to that at some point um at least the pretty first a, trade or two and give it a look but
0: pretty unvarnished look at humanity Mm-hmm. So you're gonna get you're gonna get oh. pretty much the the worst of the worst will appear in, the, I, in I that would, series.
2: I would read it in small chunks because mm-hmm. yeah it's it's um, yeah I don't want to say that you need to shower after reading it but <laughs> yeah. um, I would mix some ambush bug in there Just in between me. reading Uncle yeah.
0: Scrooge maybe yeah yeah,
2: yeah. I don't yeah, know if gonna... Uncle Scrooge is gonna get published anymore Vince
0: <laughs> yeah I know okay then Bean World mix some yeah. Bean World
2: yeah, I'd maybe put some Green Lantern or some Guardians of the Galaxy. You're going to want some nice. you know, fun outer space adventures in between the... Speaking of fun of
3: outer space adventures, adventures. Uh, yeah, all hail Megatron. I know that Vince and Malpractice have mm-hmm. been waiting with bated breath to hear me talk about this book. So uh, I guess what started off as a bit of a joke, which was that there's somewhat of an unhealthy love affair with all hell Megatron on our forums that I don't know Vince, (laughs) if you started it or Marcus Q or someone, but, but, but there's a lot of you folks have been speaking to this book as Mm -hmm. though it was a quasi religious experience. So,
0: um, (laughs) I'm not saying I was right, but when Dan backs me up on something, I know I made the right decision. mm -hmm.
3: So when the first trade was solicited, I figured what the hell, um, By way of background, I think like many children of the 80s, um, there were really two sets of toys that I collected as a kid, and they were definitely uh, G.I. Joe, which we've talked about many times, and Transformers. Uh, Interestingly, unlike G.I. Joe, where I very much was a fan of the comic book and read it pretty much from the start, um, I did not, for some reason, gravitate toward the Transformers comic. I don't know why, because I loved the cartoon I loved the movie where they returned to Cybertron. I loved the toys, but for some reason, the comic didn't hold my interest like the GI Joe comic did. And I guess I'll just give credit to—I uh, I don't know. I guess GI Joe just seems a little more accessible to me. But but for some reason, I didn't. I didn't. The Transformers comic just never really held my interest. And every now With and the then, Spider-Man I would give
0: a yeah turned you off.
3: yeah. Every now and then, I would give the uh, some of the Transformers comics a look. But it just seemed like, especially in the in the last few years, they just were they weren't my Transformers. You know, they 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 were characters I didn't recognize, art style I didn't have any connection to, and it just so I, it never pulled me back. But um, the incessant praise for this book, I thought, what the hell? I will give it a whirl. So um, I, I was first. Let me say I was incredibly pleasantly surprised by both the quality of the art and the look of it specifically and what I mean by that is uh, the characters are drawn almost as though I'm looking at cells from the the cartoon. Um, the, the characters are drawn in the exact almost identical way to the word drawn uh, when the cartoons were first coming out and these guys were introduced. So that was very pleasing to me. It was very comfortable uh, and a pleasant surprise because I wasn't sure whether it was going to be, you know, Hypergraphic, or it was going to be like a manga or something. So it was it was great to see that, and it it, it definitely put me at ease and made me feel um, at home with the book. Uh, comfortable. I, yeah, comfortable. Um, also, uh, and compare that to what we've been talking about with the GI Joe relaunch. Um, you know, I've had a bit of a problem. While I've liked the stories ver- so far, I have had the had art, a bit of the art,
2: the, yeah, dude. The art picked up this week. I was good. Just good. Okay. Through. Okay. Yep, good. Yep. yep. Um,
3: so uh, now as to the trade, uh, I, I enjoyed it but I don't know that I'm clamoring to continue to read it on a regular basis in the sense that I felt like I basically took a trip back to my childhood and read a pretty cool few episodes of the cartoon. Um, I, I, You know, it, it was cool. I, I knew who all the characters were. They obviously changed some things up from the old canon. It's, it's kind of like a soft reboot in that regard in that um, you still got the, the wikis, but they're military guys now, and you've got, um, for some reason this time out, Megatron... Takes over the world successfully, but there's some past history there, and you know some of the Decepticons are new. I don't know why they're new, how they created them or whatever, but they're new now. And um, you know some of the Autobots are back on Cybertron, so it, it, it felt very familiar, and, and and I enjoyed reading it, um, but I didn't come away with it thinking like, wow, I I can't wait to. This is just the most badass series ever. I can't wait to read it. I I mean I'm certainly much more intrigued. Again, maybe because of nostalgia, to continue reading GI Joe than i am to read this now that said when the second trade gets solicited in a few months i probably will buy it um and read it I, so I, i'd say this is sort of a middle of the stack book for me if you will um well, i have no real complaints i guess
0: we could take that yeah
3: yeah i have no real complaints to it um I, I just don't uh it was just very familiar it felt very familiar both in terms of the way it looked and the way it read so which well, can heard, be a good thing they've done but their job right it, yeah yeah it, so it it, it didn't disappoint in any stretch, but it it didn't... Um, I guess I was expecting from the praise from you and some of the other guys in the forums that it was some completely new, unbelievably compelling take on the mythos. And I, I guess my question back to you is, do you see it that way, or do you see it more of how I see it, which is sort of a comfortable return home to what made Transformers cool as a kid?
0: See, All Hail Megatron is a little bit misleading because... It kind of functions as a standalone series, but mm-hmm. it's not. If you took the path from Infiltration to Stormbringer through all the IDW miniseries slash arcs that have come out so far, the story is much more rich. Like, okay. uh Do you have any idea who the traitor is uh, within within the Autobot ranks?
3: Only because I've seen it on the
0: threads and stuff i i didn't oh get you cheated no
3: I, I didn't know i was going to be reading the book when i read those threads at first i so yes, okay I, but
0: there there are
3: fucking bumblebee
0: <laughs> no <laughs> well you know what i would say something but to all the people who have not read the new issue i won't but there are some clues within and some flashbacks within all hail megatron that could push you in a certain direction but if you read mm-hmm. the prior series the, c- the previous series to this there would be almost no question who the traitor is so mm-hmm. there's a backstory that they don't really flesh out within this thing right and you're at a kind of disadvantage because you haven't experienced it naturally so you can't put two and two together but if again if you read the dream stuff which got incredibly convoluted towards the end this is a breath of f- fresh air. It's carnage. It, it really should be called Decepticons Year One because you hit the ground running. The Decepticons are ripping the shit out of New York City. Yes. I mean, come on, Devastator punching the uh, the ground and collapsing the Lincoln Tunnel. That's just that's awesome. And and like you said, Guido Guidi's art is just fantastic. And yeah, props it's to Guido. Yeah. Yeah, it's got everything that I, I wanted in a Transformer book. Action, depth of story, good characterization at a reasonable price. Because let's face it, 3 dollars is kind of a lot for a comic book. But I don't know. Maybe old-time Transformers fans would appreciate it more. Ones who have had stuck with the, the various series over the years. But to me, I just saw All Hail Megatron as a revelation. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of fun, and that's not something you could say for the Transformers books for not a long time. But there's there are a lot of stagnant periods. Sure. So it, well, that's why I say I mean I, fun.
3: Yeah, I, I I think that's a fair characterization in the sense that nothing about the Transformers books from IDW have made me want to revisit something that I hold very dear from my childhood. But this, and I probably to be fair wouldn't have looked at this either were it not for the praise you and some of the other guys. In the community, heaped upon it, but but having said that, again, I, I uh, this wasn't something I've read a lot of of stuff in the last few months that I hadn't read before, and right. while this certainly wouldn't be up there in the holy shit that was amazing category, it was definitely uh, far and away the best Transformers comic I've read, maybe ever, if, if certainly not for a long, long time. So um, it definitely cool. accomplishes its job, and 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 you know, I, I could quite possibly be back.
0: Good. Well, there, there's another, there's an introduction of another conflict in, in what I would uh, would assume is the second volume. Another group of things sweet in the pot. But as far as the writing, Simon Furman, he is the man for Transformers, as Cl- Chris Claremont was at one time the man for the X-Men. Oh, and Jojo. Right, and Dan Abnett is the dude you go to for the 40K stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon Furman is The current brain of Transformers, and he has been for a a lot of years. So it's it's a book that's written by the authority on the subject, presented well. It's just a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, maybe uh, I don't know. I'm not easy to please, so it really clicked with me. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it to a certain extent. It's cool.
3: Yeah, I would give it a B. I mean, that you know, which is definitely enough for me to keep reading it.
0: Can you just say A? Just say A. A. All right, so I'm gonna go back and <laughs> edit, edit. edit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll take the A and edit take it over the B. A. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, so cool. I'm glad you liked it.
5: So guys, it's Blaze Fire 33. I totally suck at doing this hotline thing, so please don't play that first one. What I was trying to say was, my LCS, the one closest to me, is closing down. So the guy was doing things half off or for free. And I picked up the this Doctor Strange Omnibus. Got it for five bucks. But uh, this Dark rain, man, it's it's killing me that these prices. Three ninety nine. I picked up Battle for the Count number no. one today. It was only two ninety nine. This one's a special book. And uh, that the Tim Seeley thing that Vince put up. Thank you for uh, putting that up there. And uh, I know I suck at this thing. I'm never gonna call in again.
0: What else we got? Anybody? Seafood? Uh, yeah, I got more stuff, but I feel like I've talked too
3: much. Of course, you guys talked about- for a while about the uh, Lapham love, so... Uh, yeah. Well, one yeah, thing I learned. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go
2: ahead. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: Anybody see Castle? Murder? He Sal, the no. show, the, the Sal,
2: Sal was talking it up big time today. He oh, he, with the Nathan loved.
0: Fillion show? It was really good. I, I don't, I, I don't know it. if it's just—I don't know if it's just the pleasure of seeing or, or the promise of seeing Nathan Fillion on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. uh, not in a series that doesn't tank after like 13 episodes. But uh, I thought it was smart. It was a lot of fun.
2: You guys caught up on Battlestar? Uh, no, uh, I was missed it? two weeks. I, I missed two weeks ago. And I watched last week's, so I cheated. I I skipped ahead. I need to I need to go catch up on uh, on two weeks ago's episode. But yeah, I am really looking forward to the uh, the the last two episodes. They got a lot of shit to uh, to button they up. They do. They
3: do. A lot of shit. It's a bittersweet last season, right? Because you know it's been a really depressing season. At the same time, you know that it's over. So mm. it kind of. Uh, it feels a lot like um to me at least the, the way i felt about the last season of deadwood because that that's a series that i just loved to death and the i really couldn't come to terms with the fact that it was over and that that series there was always the hope that maybe it wasn't going to end with that season you know that maybe he was going to keep the show going and he didn't so that show ended prematurely so um i kind of feel like this again with two episodes left i don't see how i'm not going to feel in some way that the show didn't end as fully and completely as it should have, but you know, there's two episodes left for me to to be surprised. I guess they they could wrap it up tighter than I'm expecting to, but it doesn't. Like you said, there's not much time left, so a lot of yeah. stuff still to, to be done. Right.
2: it's it's um, I, I'm okay with them leaving some stuff open-ended, but yeah, 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 it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. I think it's gonna be uh, wrapped up well. So it's been it's been a fun ride, and it's something that I didn't expect to be good. So. So it works for so me.
0: You're ahead of the game, yeah. Yep. All right, we can end it here. We kind of petered out towards the end because Jason kind of let me down a little bit, but that's okay. Oh, <laughs> so, there he is. Uh, <laughs> Damn. That's foul. Dude. Yeah, the fact that you you even bought it in the first place is, uh, I feel good.
3: Dude, I said I liked it. I just said I didn't love it. When you mm-hmm. read as many comics as we read, you can't love everything. And you really can't hate any everything, right? I mean, so...
1: Yeah. Except young And
0: I, I'm sorry, sorry, Chris. I did not get around to reading Lock and Key this week. Like I was supposed to Damn you. for last week. Uh, I know. Oh, I'll, I'll have it read. for people, next week.
1: Did, did the whole episode hinged on you reading that, dude. Oh, sure. You know, sure.
2: I, you know yeah. actually, the uh, the last issue. And Jason, you're picking that up in 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 individuals, right? Indeed, I am, sir. Yes. I, I thought that the last issue, while good, was probably the weakest one of the series. I thought it had some. I thought it had some interesting concepts to it, which was mm-hmm. cool. But yeah, it's uh, every other issue has been like, oh shit, and I didn't yeah. have any. I didn't have any real oh shit moments. It, it kind of seemed like a real breather issue. So I think it was just really more introducing big concepts than yeah than anything transition
3: else. issue. Yeah, I give every writer in a six issue series. You get that. I think they get they get one transition issue. Yep. See, ideally they they wouldn't have any, but yeah. Now you're right. It was it was relative to. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I did want to give props because I, I actually mentioned last week that I wanted to talk about it this week, and I didn't. So, and that's Jack of Fables, real quickly. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but uh, do it, um, uh, Vince. I think it's fair to say you're as big a Fables fan as I am, right? Love the series. You betcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also it's fair to say you are not reading Jack of Fables, right? Much like myself until recently, correct?
0: Right, and like yourself, I did order it for the uh, Literals crossover. So I will be reading it, but I have not up until now. Yeah,
3: exactly. So the Literals crossover, which was solicited the first last month, um, made me think, huh, this is going to kind of suck because I don't read Jack of Fables. And am I going to be lost? Are they going to be backstory? I don't know. So being the complete the completionist comic geek nerd that I am, I thought, damn, I should give jack of fables a try i've been holding out so i ordered the first two trades read them absolutely love them um all i can say is if you like fables unless you absolutely completely detested jack of Fables to the point where you didn't ever want to see him in a comic again i honestly can't see how you won't love this series too um it's the i I would it's the funny r-rated version of fables in the sense that um you know Jack is what he is he is a scammer he is a ladies man uh, pretty much every issue he is banging out some other you know fable soddy i don't want to say who he's banging out because you know some of them are pretty big plot points and some of them are characters that we knew in fables and if i tell you who then you might know that their status quo is different than what you think it is. So, but but these are for the most part. He's been hitting it with with characters from fables. So if you if you're familiar with that stuff, you're it's it's going to be familiar to you. Uh, the antagonists of the first two trades are new characters um, and very very interesting ones. Uh, again, it ties in somewhat to I think what this crossover is going to have to do with. But I, I don't want to give too much away. All I will say is. Um, if for some reason you're like Vince and I and you were just not giving Jack of Fables the to do, even though you love Fables and you are looking for something else to read, I, I, I can't recommend it enough. The art is great. Um, one thing I will say, Tony Akins is the is the penciler on the book, at least for I think he is throughout but the first two arcs. Um, in the first in the first trade, I thought Akins did a workmanlike job of mimicking the style of buckingham but there were frames where the uh the depth was off you know so so if you took each component of the page or the panel the the illustration of the character or the or the background looked great but when he kind of layered it all together it didn't quite fit as dynamically or naturally as as buckingham it just wasn't as polished but you can really see his growth, in not only by the end of the first trade, but that second trade is just is just knocks your socks off. So he he really uh, is up to snuff in his own right, and uh, and Andrew Pepoy does the inking and, and does a hell of a job at that. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I, I I was not a huge fan of Jack as a character, and, and didn't mind seeing him leave the main book. So that's part of why I didn't start reading this. But uh, but in the context of how they they make this book, which is really more. Uh, Dark humor and uh, and as I said, kind of kind of you know adult you know with some <laughs> sexual connotations. It really works. So um, hat tip to Sturgis. Um, and, and speaking of uh, of Sturgis, I did ask him um, yesterday if if he had any color as to how that that crossover is going to be packaged, and he did confirm that it will be one 9 issue trade paperback including the three issues of fables the three issues of jack and the three issue limited series of the literals so those of you who are reading fables and trade like many of us uh have no fear you you will be able to read the entire crossover without having to uh you know buy the issues
2: cool and and you, and you know if you want to meet tony akins and andrew Peaport.
3: <laughs> where might we meet them chris
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're, they, yeah they're they're going to uh, both be at the windy city this year so. nice Chicago, they're, they're Chicagoans. ones. So outrageous! Mama. See,
0: packaging them in one trade is the path of least resistance, but it's also brilliant because you will get people reading both the literals and Jack of Fables okay. who probably have not read it before, like me. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: But Vince, by the way, you would seriously love it because you love fables and you love cheesecake, sex, yep. and that's. I mean, Jack is half of his life is figuring out how to get laid. The other half is figuring out how to get rich. So,
0: Oh, I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. There's one thing Jack doesn't have though. And that's a nice thick blue dick. So.
3: <laughs> like our man, David.
0: <laughs> In a box under the bed. All right. Yeah, I call it Vince. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining us. And, uh, I would say read Ghost Rider. Mm. Thank David for telling me to tell you to read Ghost Rider because it's all hinging on David. Thank you. <laughs> <Thanks>. Read, read. <laughs> read Ghost Rider. Freaking awesome art.
1: Good God. Pick it up. Get it.
2: No, you it is my turn? Okay. It usually, uh, is, I'm yeah. on. I'm on the spot. Uh, read uh, World of the New Krypton. Very fun.
1: Oh, cool. Oh, nice. I like it. Read, uh, read Young Liars. Oh no! I'll say read Witchblade <laughs> since you know you said read. No,
0: you know what? I was no. I, I think Blade. I think I think you should say read Young Liars because in all honesty, Rich, Witchblade's a lot of fun, but it's not a, it's no Young Liars. All right, there you go.
3: I have uh, a few, if I might. Uh, read <laughs> is that allowed? Read the Great Unknown. <laughs> read the Great Unknown by Duncan Rulo. Uh, yes
1: that was fun
3: let me just I have to read this this one from I think page three or four of the first I am like Prometheus I bring the fire
0: the fire that's the dialogue balloon of the week
3: indeed it is Julian Lytle if he hasn't seen that book he needs to get it because that's pretty much his motto
1: thanks Uh, to Zach Crusade for letting me know about it actually
3: nice nice read the awesome anthology to awesomer which mm-hmm. uh, is being solicited this which month. Not out yet, yeah. Yeah, the India Spinnerack guys are putting out their second anthology through Top Shelf, so if you're filling out your previews, don't forget about that. And... And the Jewish. mm mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. And read uh, Queen and Country.
1: Yes. <laughs> in the definitive edition, Alt. yes. Happy um, you can be place. like me. You can buy it in
2: single issues and trade paperback and deluxe hardcover and the definitive edition. You can buy a novel and that the you limited can't edition of
0: hardcovers too. <laughs> and you can camp outside Ruckus' house and just look in the window.
2: I don't even know where he lives. Are you no,
0: writing
1: it Chicago? yet? Are you writing
3: it yet? Are you writing it yet? But you know, you know what <laughs> alias he uses when he stays at hotels in Chicago, though, don't you?
0: Maybe. Chris <laughs> <A-B. laughs> <First> Eastman. Perfect. <laughs> Th- thank you for listening to the Jason Wood Show. <laughs> Seriously.
2: Melodious. I it's like a shit before we record more often.
3: In some way, when those two Americans stepped on the moon, the people of this world were brought closer together. That it is that spirit, the spirit of Apollo, that transcends geographical barriers and political differences. It can bring the people of the world together in peace.